quiz time. All right, thanks, Billy. Hey, guys, my name is Josh. If you are a person who is from Barker and needs to write an assignment, you may need to know that. My name is Josh. It is great to have you here. Um, sharing question, briefly, what would you say that freedom is? I'm coming to get some answers. What is freedom? There's like 90 of you. Surely someone has an answer. What is freedom? Yeah, Keegan? The ability to feel um, safe and feel like you don't have to do something. You're not forced to do it. I like that. I like that a lot. Zeke? I should have got some people to run mics. <laughs> not being a slave. Not being a slave, that's pretty good. Hugh? It's a furniture store. Freedom is a furniture store. We've got, we've got a reluctant sharer. What I like to do is when someone volunteers someone else, they get to share. So what would you say freedom is? I have no clue. I didn't put my hand up. Um, he put his hand up. <laughs> no, he put his hand up to do a Transformers movie reference. Um, <laughs> I'll take that, that's good. <laughs> what else? What is freedom? Literally, one. Benjamin. Not having to wake up to an alarm. That's pretty good. Do, how many days a week do you get that? Oh. I hate to say it. I'm sorry, Ben. Um, I asked a lot of people at junior high on Friday night, I asked that same question. I said, what would you say that freedom is? And a lot of people said, the ability to do what you want, when you want. The ability to kind of run your life the way that you want to, to choose whatever option you think is best for you. And I wanna say uh, that from Galatians today, we actually see that there's a problem with this. There's a problem with what we have to say about freedom. Now I'm saying that, I know you guys just said some really good answers, so we're just gonna move past that. And we're gonna say that what the world has to say about freedom is really actually not quite right. Um, have you noticed that Netflix have just had to add a choose for me option? There's four years worth of content on Netflix, and I don't know if you're anything like me, you get to the end of the day and you're like, I wanna watch something, and you sit down and you're like, I, you scroll through your list, and you're like, I have nothing to watch. Like, the, sometimes the choice that we have, the choices we have before us are overwhelming. And so, when we do what we feel, when we do what we want, sometimes that leads to utter chaos. Um, the Simpsons, which, like less and less people are referencing these days because less and less people are watching it. But there's an episode in season five where they run a do what you feel like festival. Does anyone, has anyone seen that episode? One person, thank you, Rory. A couple, a couple of people. There's a, there's a do what you feel like festival. And does this turn out really well? No, it is utter chaos. It, it results in a Ferris, in a grandstand collapsing, in a Ferris wheel rolling down the main street, the zoo animals escaping, and literally an all-in brawl. Because when my freedom is opposing your freedom, there's a problem. When I'm doing what I want, and you're doing what you want, sooner or later, those things are gonna clash. And freedom maybe actually isn't what we're told it is. As we think about what the Bible has to say about freedom and what we see in the book of Galatians, which we've been reading so far this term, we actually see that there is a, there is a much deeper freedom. There is a much more real freedom that we have available to us. So if you're the person that likes to take notes, I've got three points today. 
We've got true freedom is freedom from slavery. True freedom is freedom in Jesus. And true freedom is to live how God created us. So freedom from slavery, freedom in Jesus, and freedom to live how God created us. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Can we have that on the slide? Thanks, Lara. Thank you. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Someone tell me what a yoke is really quickly, like other than the egg. Sorry? The thing that you put in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so the, back in the day, the people that would, like, farm the land would have oxes, and they'd have these giant wooden kind of burdens that they'd, they'd put, they, these giant wooden poles they'd put on the ox to kind of control where they're going. And so the ox would kind of walk and tread the grain or whatever. Don't know a lot about farming. But they, this would kind of burden this ox. And so Paul says, because Jesus has set us free, which we'll think about more in a second, stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. We see that because of the news of Jesus, because of the news of Jesus, who was a real man who lived 2,000 years ago, who did wondrous things and who died and who rose from the dead, because of what he has done, we if we trust in him, have been freed. Now, I have not really, honestly, experienced much hardship in my life. I've never had to, like, be freed from prison or anything like that. I was speaking to someone at Scripture the other day that was born during a revolution, and, like, they literally, their family had to be pulled out of their country, and they lived as refugees for a while. I think their understanding of how great it is to be free would actually be a lot more deeper than mine. The nature of the slavery that this is talking about here in Galatians chapter 5, if you, if you haven't really been, been with... Oh, sorry, that says Galatians 5, 5 and 6. It's meant to say Galatians 5, 1. My bad. Um, if you haven't been with us for the last few weeks, we've been spending this time in this book called Galatians where Paul, who was an old guy who followed Jesus, was really passionate about people being right with God. And he wanted these people to be right with God, not by kind of trusting in themselves and doing their own thing, but actually by trusting in Jesus and what Jesus has fully and utterly and completely done. And that's been Paul's argument so far. He's saying, you're not saved by what you do. You save, you're saved by what Jesus has done. You are not saved by the good things that you can accomplish. You are saved only because God is gracious towards you and because God is kind towards you. The Jewish people followed this thing called the Old Testament law. It was a bunch of rules and a bunch of things that they, they felt they had to kind of tick off. They felt they had to tick the boxes and follow and like live their lives. And so they'd try and be perfect. But you and I both know deep down that we're not perfect, I think. I think we can all think of times where we have actually done something pretty stupid, where we have been angry at someone else, where we have thought that something that someone else had should have been ours and belonged to us. We all have this thing inside of us called sin. And the Lord Jesus says, I think on the next slide, Zara, we can go there. What I'm about to tell you is true. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. You're a slave of sin. You by yourself cannot escape 
You cannot escape this feeling that is in you to do what you want all of the time. Jesus has come and Jesus has died and Jesus has set his people free from this slavery. But what we see in Galatians 5 verse 1 where Paul says don't be burdened anymore, we actually see that we are tempted to be enslaved to some other things. I wonder, I wonder what you are enslaved to. I wonder what you are a slave of. Do you know how many times I picked up my phone yesterday? The answer is 121. I spent seven hours on my phone yesterday. I, have, I, I thought that this morning and I am really honestly quite convicted of my own technology use. That is something that is enslaving me. There's just so many times yesterday where I just picked up my phone to look at it. And of course there was nothing, there was nothing of note, there was nothing of value, but it's just something that I've gotten into the habit of doing. I'm enslaved to this routine of just looking at my phone. You might be enslaved to this, the culture of the North Shore, of this, this feeling, this idea that you have to have, you have to look the right way, that you have to achieve the certain grades, that you have to be good at sport, you have to be good at music and good at everything else. Are you tired of just keeping up appearances? Are you tired of not being real with people? You might be enslaved to a constant and draining comparison to others. I have been loving Olivia Rodrigo's album. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, she has a song called Jealousy, Jealousy. And um, I'm just going to read and try not to sing the chorus. Her comparison is killing me slowly. I think, I think there's a lot of repetition. That's why it sounds weird when I say it. I think, I think too much about kids who don't know me. I'm so sick of myself. I'd rather be, rather be anyone, anyone else. But jealousy, jealousy started following me. Are you like, like Olivia Rodrigo? Are you, are you someone who is actually just constantly comparing yourself to others? As you walk into this room with 90 other people, do you kind of put yourself in some sort of ladder? That is so draining. That is so draining. That is not healthy. That is something that you are enslaved to. That is something that you are enslaved to. You might have heard of the illustration of the fish. As we think about freedom and as we think about, uh, I guess, rules and boundaries and being enslaved to something, this fish lives in a glass bowl and he spends his whole day, his whole life looking out and, and seeing people walk around, seeing people kick a ball, seeing people eat their food and telling jokes and having just a great time. And so this fish jumps as hard as he can and gets out of the bowl. Now, the fish gets out of the fish bowl because he wants freedom. He wants to be free from this bowl that is holding him in. And what's going to happen to the fish when he leaves that bowl? He dies. He, he, does, he does this a bit. He dies. The freedom that we actually have, that we, that, we, that we look at, what the world offers as freedom, that you can be whoever you want, that you can do whatever you want, this is something that looks great in theory, but has no life-giving power and will slowly but surely kill you. We have been freed in Jesus from this slavery. I hope that you can see as we had the Bible read to us that in the very true word of God, there is a secret to freedom and to true freedom. And that thing is Jesus. Let's, let's have a read of verse one again. It still says five and six because I just am bad at copy pasting. Uh, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he did something absolutely mind-blowing. He did something absolutely spectacular. He set people truly free from their sin. He set people free. We are freed through trusting in Jesus. The chains of sin, the chains of selfishness and comparison and addiction and everything like that, that has been destroyed through the work of Jesus. We are no longer slaves to sin because of what Jesus has done. In Jesus, our ability to live the perfect life actually doesn't matter. The only thing that matters we see in verse 13 is faith expressing itself. I mean, in verse 6, it's faith expressing itself in love. The only thing that matters, if you, if you forget everything else that you ever hear at church, this is what I want you to hold on to. The only thing that matters is trusting Jesus. The only thing that matters is trusting and loving Jesus. As we follow Jesus, as we learn to love Jesus more, that'll help us love others more. I'm going to have a read of verses 5 and 6 for real this time. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has no value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. The only thing that matters, like I said, is faith, is trusting and loving Jesus. If you trust that the king of the universe really did die in your place, then you have life in him forever. In Jesus, you are free. You will find that freedom nowhere else. If you look for freedom anywhere other than Jesus, you have jumped out of the fishbowl and you will die. We are freed in Jesus. He came to earth as a man. He took on the shackles of human flesh so that he could die and rise for you. So you can be freed forever. What Paul has been saying about who we are in Galatians is so, so important. As you read through the first few chapters, you see so many important things about who we are if we trust in Jesus. That is that we're children of God. And because we're children of God, we don't need to stress and worry and be anxious about needing to please him. He knows us. He loves us. He wants us to know this. We've been set free because we're children of God. It doesn't mean that we then do what we feel, but actually we want to, to love and show gratitude to him. In Galatians chapter 2, we see that we are crucified with Christ, that we have died on that cross with Jesus. That means that we are no longer defined by our sin because we have been set free from that. We're no longer defined by what we're enslaved to because we have been set free. I've got in my pocket a symbol of something that we've all been enslaved to in the last 12 months. And that is this. Can someone tell me what this is, please? A mask. Good job. Yay, comprehension questions. I was at a conference a few weeks ago, and we were talking about freedom. We had three days talking about freedom and what that means, the freedom we have in Jesus. Uh, but it was back when COVID had sort of started to come back again. And so we had to wear masks for the whole two-hour sessions. And I, even though we were talking about the, the freedom that we have in Jesus and how good that is, I actually really felt that 
When I walked outside of that conference hall and I took my mask off and I had that sweet, sweet breath of fresh air for the first time in two hours. The freedom that we have in Jesus is like this, this breath of fresh air that we have. We've been, we've been stuck, we've been circling, doing the same old thing. We've been enslaved. We have not been able to escape ourselves uh, until that burden, that barrier has been removed or lifted. So we have been dragged out of slavery and to freedom and so for freedom. The freedom that we have in Jesus is, in the next point, thanks Zara, the freedom to live as we were created to. Uh, which is a few slides. Uh, oh, I didn't. I had this problem at junior high. I was thinking, oh, there was a, there was a slide that I didn't fix, and uh, that was that one. Third point, freedom to live as we were created to. True freedom is not just to do whatever we want, like I said earlier. It's actually to live for God and for others. Let's have a read of verses 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see that? Do you see what we've been free to do? We've been free to do whatever we want. No. As, you go, as you've got the true word of God in front of you, you see, we have been freed not to do whatever we want. We've been freed not to do what our selfish and sinful and honestly evil hearts want. We have been freed to love one another, to serve one another. We have been freed to live for more freedom. So we have to fight against the idea that freedom means doing what you want. We have to fight against this idea because true freedom is actually to live as God intended. To live how God, the God who knows and made and understands and loves everything, knows best. To live as he knows best. It's not really freedom unless you have a helpful recognition of the boundaries and the, and the understanding of the boundaries and restrictions of your own life. I would like a volunteer, please. One hand. Just a hand up. Put your hand up. Just, come on, guys. Come on. Volunteer. Thank you, Nathaniel. Nathaniel, do you, say, do you think you have any musical ability? Excellent. Come here. Can we make the piano work, please? Oh, it's here. Don't worry. I got it. Okay. Can you go stand behind the, the piano, please, Nathaniel? Um, what you're going to do is you're going to play a classical piece for us. Um, I'm just going to unmute it in just a second. Sorry, I, I should have thought about this before right now. Uh, band, unmute. Okay. Play a classical piece for us. Oh, that's actually quite good. <laughs> you weren't meant to have any musical ability. Whatever. Okay, go take a seat. You're done. <laughs> Great job. Good job, Nathaniel. <laughs> you were meant to not be able to know anything rather than play Harry Potter in like a weird ethereal synth. Um, what was meant to happen was he was meant to go up there and just kind of flounder around and not have any idea. Because Just because you're given freedom to do whatever, you actually need to follow kind of the boundaries and the restrictions and the authority that you have. If you are someone who has trained for years to play a classical piece of music, uh, then you would be able to go and 
hopefully, play that piece of classical music. But if you haven't actually, if you're not someone who can do that, then just because you're freed to do that doesn't mean that you could or that you should do that. There are constraints on our freedom. And I know that might sound kind of a bit juxtaposed, but there are constraints on our freedom in that God has freed us to live how we were created. God has freed us to love one another. God has freed us for the service of others. I'm going to read verse 13 again. My brothers and sisters, you were chosen to be free. But don't use your freedom as an excuse to live under the power of sin. Instead, serve one another in love. Wouldn't it be great if we were living in freedom, under God's authority, uh, following how he sets us out to live, and, and that shaped this community. Wouldn't it be great if no matter who walks through that door on a Sunday afternoon or on a Friday night, we welcome them, we greet them, we show an interest in them, that we actually do this not because we're concerned about our appearance or our status or some sort of desire to, to please people, but we actually deeply care and truly care for one another because God has done so for us. We have been freed to serve one another in love. So let us do that. As we live how we were created, under the authority of the God who truly knows what is best for us, we have rules. And we have ways that we actually are to live. Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. He, he knows us and he knows we're sinful, yet he calls us to repent of that sin and to follow him. And so we're actually called to follow Jesus. And so as we are following Jesus under God's authority and under little authorities that God has placed over us, when, you're, when your mom tells you to empty the dishwasher, do so joyfully. You have been freed to serve her in love. When your teacher tells you to put your phone away in class, do that because in Jesus you have been freed to serve them in love. Christians are often seen as being restrictive. The freedom that we talk about sometimes isn't real freedom, the world kind of thinks. I know what the Bible says about sexuality and alcohol and even our, our use of time or relationships or anything like that. People think that the Christian God is some kind of crazy God that just kind of gives really, really strict rules. That's not true. God knows what is best. God loves what is best. And as we think about people that God has made and that God loves and that God has created to thrive in this environment that he has created for us, we are going to live inside those boundaries when we have been freed for those boundaries. We've been freed to live inside the fishbowl that sustains us and that gives us life as we live with our great loving God as our Father. So to end, what's the problem with the world's view on freedom? Well, the world doesn't think about the most important thing. The world doesn't think about Jesus. The world doesn't think about the creator of the world who has made us and who knows us and who desires what is truly best for us. And so to look for freedom in anything that is not Jesus is going into slavery again. If you trust in Jesus, you're freed from slavery. If you trust in Jesus, you are truly free and you are free to live exactly how you were created. I'm going to ask that God would help every single one of us do this. So please pray with me. 
great God and our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you created us, that you know us, that you love us, that you care for us, and that you have set us free from sin. Thank you for the person and the work of Jesus and for how he has changed and shaped literally everything. We ask, Lord, that we would use our freedom not to do what we want, but we would use the freedom you've given us in Jesus to serve one another humbly in love. We ask this in the name of our glorious Lord and Saviour. Amen.